I mean, we can't, isn't, don't we have Bobo? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) he's, he's here. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) Welcome to my got a podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I previewed Georgia's matchup with the UAB Blazers. We talk through what we're looking for in the game, and we answer questions from you, our listeners. As always, remember to check out the newly redesigned MyGotAPodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at MyGotAPodcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxiatime, at Oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. All right, so I know um, this is it's going to be a couple of days later for every everyone else, but it's it's fresh for you and I uh, because it just happened. So I'm uh, going to pour a drink for Nick Chubb. Uh, prayers out to him. Uh, hopefully, he's uh, able to recover from that. That was a uh, that was pretty gruesome. So apologies, it's fresh for us. It just happened. <laughs> you hate it. You hate it for him. Yeah, yeah, that was that stunk. That stunk. Not not a good way to get us started on a, on a Monday night. Um, I uh, literally got, as you're getting ready for the podcast, right? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I know. I know. I know. Will texted and was like, "I just, just it killed my vibe tonight," and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> agreed, man." That 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 uh, I I wasn't watching the game, um, and I heard about it, you know, just from texting and was kind of scrolling Twitter, and unfortunately saw the video of it on Twitter. I wish I hadn't looked at it. Uh, it came up twice. Second time I had to look away. So yeah, I think we should. I think we should just uh, delete that from the internet forever. Yeah, seriously. So um, I've gone. I've gone with the long branch uh, tonight. No significance. I, I couldn't come up with anything uh, of significance for for UAB week. <laughs> I couldn't come up with an angle anywhere. Uh, so just went with a bourbon that I like. So went with long branch. So this one's for you, Nick. Right. Yeah. Well, he was a special one. I've got uh what's it uh Prince and Mercier, Mercier or something like that. Um it's a Canadian whiskey that is aged in Mizanara um casks. Yeah. Um and if you are following whiskey, the Mizanara um I guess I guess you could call it a trend going on right now. Like it's kinda okay. weird, but like everything is aged in like Mizanara. I, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but Mizanara. Uh, oak is like super rare, so Nick Chubb was a rare one. Mm. Yes, these have to age. The the trees have to age for like two hundred years before they can even be harvested to use in a cast barrel. Interesting. I had not heard of that. Mm. It's interesting. Well, we'll we'll try. We'll uh, we'll we'll try to be happier. Sorry, I got us off to a somber note. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Some more fun facts about the Mizanara, but that's next. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see. I guess before we go into anything UAB wise, we did get uh, a game time announced for the Auburn game. Um, so coming up for next weekend, uh, Auburn has a 3.30 kickoff. So we'll be on CBS again um, for the second time already this season with, with the uh, short, you know, lower amount of CBS games thus far. You know, something we didn't even talk about last week that was that we were, or maybe we did. I don't know. It was the you know the first CBS game of the last season of CBS, 
we were on last last week. So uh, we'll we'll get get at least uh, at least two more because we know uh, the cocktail party is also uh, already sli- slated for CBS. I'm sure there'll be others, um, but we know at least those two. So. I, I I appreciated it. I, I know that there are others out there that uh, that probably did not. But um, anytime you're on CBS has historically been special, and it's even more special because it's getting rarer and rarer. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. So I know what what you had. Uh, you're you're coming in hot from baseball, right? Base, oh, baseball yeah. season's in full swing. Baseball season is in full swing, and we've lucked out. We didn't have any. Um, we didn't have any. Any rain out <laughs> this week okay. so far. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. I guess the the rain Im- impacts the baseball more so than uh say Sanford Stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. So have you have you decided you're still up in, are you still up in the air for uh for Saturday? Do you know yet? I'm still up in the air. Um okay. I'm gonna kind of the biggest hurdle is is the is the transport after a post game. So we're we're heading to, to Asheville this weekend. Um, but if I can sort out like staying in or around Athens for a relatively decent price, then I can just leave from there to go, uh, the next day, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got the fall, fall break rapidly approaching, right? Correct. And we're, we're taking two cars. So that was the other thing. So that Mm -hmm. even, that, that made it even more of a likelihood or, you know, better than zero chance. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Man, yeah, we don't we don't get the fall break. Even though you know, we we've done this like uh, school calendar switch here in North Carolina, where we're going back earlier, still no fall break. So we, I feel like we need to rectify that. But I don't know, still not there. Right. I got some uh, upcoming. We've got some upcoming days off of school though. So I will say for the for the game that looms large, I don't know if I told you this. Like we don't have school that Friday. Uh, so shaping up well uh, to be able to come down early and uh, hit the Hargrit Library exhibit. Uh, Friday before Kentucky, so still, still uh, in the still a possibility. Yeah, I like I like the I, I like the planning. I like the planning. Are you gonna are you gonna try to check out Jason Hasty? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. So we've been uh been trying to clear the schedule. I I was already I was saying that I was gonna have Lily skip school, uh, and then I realized there is no school. So hey, Ooh, <laughs> bonus. <even better. laughs> Didn't even have to worry about it. Hashtag omens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, why don't we why don't we do our rundown with the matchup? Uh, so we've got UAB on Saturday, uh, seven thirty p.m. kickoff. So uh, you know, started with this four game homestand and uh, the second one under the lights uh, and an even later start this time. Um, Georgia comes into the game three and zero, one and zero in the SEC. UAB comes in at one and two. Uh, they've played all non-conference games. They are out of conference USA, uh, but they've played all non-conference games thus far. Um, dogs still number one in the AP and the coaches poll UAB, obviously not ranked. Um, and we've got the game is on ESPN two. Um, the radio call, as far as we know, will be Scott Howard, Eric Zier and DJ Shockley. Uh, no word that, uh, Eric Zier has another surfing contest. I haven't heard such things. So seems like he'll be back, back in the swing of things this week. Um, and then the official hashtag that I doubt we'll use is hashtag UAB versus UGA. Uh, All time series. Uh, we have played these guys before. So again, not a, not a first timer. Uh, Georgia leads the series all time three and O with the most recent game being in that first national championship season uh, in 2021. 
and uh, how, how many of those games have been at 7 30 at night jim Ooh. um <laughs> i don't think either of the other ones were I, i'll say the so i've been to i was at two of those three games uh the 06 <laughs> game nooners <laughs> uh, say yeah the 06 game i didn't know i wasn't there i remember watching that from a, like a sports bar in alpharetta um and that that 06 game was matt stafford's first start as a georgia bulldog if you remember that interesting i believe i was there um watching from the 300 level actually you're kind of around where your where your seats are are currently at gotcha i was gonna hit on this stuff later but we can continue on this on this thought uh so that was the 06 game in 2003 was the first time we ever played these guys and we played them in october Mm-hmm. uh we beat them 16 to 13 Maybe uh, that was the one i'm thinking of because that sounds like it was more that, that, yeah that sounds more reasonable for for when i was actually in school yeah yeah so that was i, I was uh first that was my first uh first non-student uh season for me at, you know after post that was my first postgraduate season i guess um that game I was at, I just don't really remember it. Uh, and the, the crazy thing is we won that game 16 to 13. And then the following week, we lost to Florida by, at the same score. So we had back-to-back weeks of 16 to 13 games. One we won and one we lost. I thought that was crazy. I don't remember that. Um, yeah. And then 2021, right? So 2021, we mentioned that uh, in the first Natty season, the game where famously Carson Beck, we thought was going to get his first start uh, and didn't. It was the return of the mailman, uh, and he kind of never looked back. I know he didn't. He he didn't. I think there were what, two games after that that he didn't start. The JT started, but uh, that was when he started to kind of take hold. Right, and here we are, full circle. That's right. That's right. Back at it for Carson. So hey, now I'll be he gets his. If Carson's not starting. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, he he gets his chance uh, to take down the UAB Blazers. Um, weather actually looks amazing. Uh, no. low of 59, high of 82, um, but with the 70 or 7:30 kickoff, I'm assuming the temperature will be going down a little bit. I know our guy, Logan Booker was even posing the question, like, will folks need a light jacket or a quarter zip or something for this, uh, evening game? That'd be pretty sweet. So, uh, it's like it is tonight. It's, it's kind of chilly. Yeah, for sure. So that'd be awesome. So that's it. That's it for the matchup. Uh, JP, that's what I got there. So that's what you got. I, I, b- I believe you do have some uh, some UAB focused fun facts. I do have some UAB focused fun facts. So I have a um, a realization um, today. So okay. this is the second school that we're playing on our on our schedule that is a university of insert state here. Um, so mm-hmm. like and and as as we've seen on the I guess it was is is it waiting since last Saturday that it kind of started with the, the the theme of referring to ut knoxville yeah and ut martin so right, right we now have to refer to alabama as alabama tuscaloosa, tuscaloosa. <laughs> because these this is the university of alabama at birmingham agreed um, i like it it's the same thing they actually if you look at the university seals they're basically the same except for um tuscaloosa has a different um bottom number or whatever but like the the image is basically all the same um, I found that kind of fascinating. So, um, UAB has been around for a while. Um, they are largely known as a, a medical university. That's how I had always thought of them. Um, mm-hmm. 
like as a you know nurses, doctors, that kind of thing. Um, they're actually one of the most respected um, research universities in in the country um, for that purpose. Um, a couple of things that uh, that stuck out on on what I found was um, UAB pioneered a couple of different um, procedures that you may come across in your lifetime, unfortunately. Um, one is if you've ever had a filling before, um, they pioneered the process that, uh, I guess a process that's, that started worldwide, uh, was, they called it forehand dentistry. Um, so it's a process where the dentist and the hygienist work together, um, mm-hmm. to do what they need to do with your teeth more efficiently. Got it. Um, they pioneered that process. The other thing they pioneered was, uh, an endoscope um, where you can actually look inside of a, um, of an, uh, of an organ, um, and things like that. So right. endoscopic surgery, all that kind of stuff, like in the endoscope process is something that they pioneered, um, back then. Um, I don't know the dates. I didn't, I, I, I <laughs> that's okay. Dates. We can live with, we can live with some fun facts. <laughs> um, a couple of like famous alumni, like I, Unless you unless you came across some, I, I ended up like looking at a couple of different lists. One uh, was suspiciously absent from a lot of them, but was on a on a list, so I can't really speak. I read it on the internet type thing. <laughs> okay. Um, who, uh, <laughs> so Roddy White, if you're a Falcons fan, um, mm-hmm. went to went to UAB. Um, probably one of the more criminally underutilized assets that the university or that the <laughs> Atlanta Falcons had. Um, in his prime, uh, I know there's a lot of adver- a lot of upset folks that were mad that he left. Um, I could be wrong, but I feel like he played for UAB in one of those uh, matchups against yeah, them. I'm pretty sure he did back yeah. in um, the Rick years. Yeah. Um, the other the other famous alumni, um, Stevie Wonder, actually is an alumnus of UAB. No, really? Yeah, I didn't know I, that. That was the one that so when I looked at when I looked up famous alumni, that one didn't mm. come up, but I did read it on the internet on one particular <laughs> website that okay. had a picture of him speaking at commencement. So maybe it was an honorary situation, but Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know. That's yeah. that's what I saw. Okay. Um music and and music and um theater and things like that were also like kind of kind of big for UAB in the early, early years. But like I said, uh, a big facet is the hospital, the university hospital um, that got folded into the whole, whole program and platform. Um, And interesting that particular hospital, um, other fun facts, um, as we know, Birmingham in the the South and Birmingham specifically uh, in the South in general in the 60s was um, a not so nice place for, you know, people of color and African-Americans, um, racism, segregation, all those things were were going on uh, back then. But um, the hospital itself was uh, very much segregated. There was a white and a black is actually like one of the last things at the university at UAB to, to be integrated was the hospital. Mm. Um, but you may recall um, if you've seen Selma, um, or if you are a history buff, um, is the 16th Street uh, Baptist Church bombing um, mm-hmm. was a pretty famous bombing um, that kind of became a home base of operations for Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement. Um, that was obviously in Birmingham. Um, the four little girls, um, 
that, that died in that attack um, actually ended up at UAB's hospital. And the people that were injured in the attack were also treated at the hospital as well. So mm. um, there, there, there's a little bit of connection to some of the civil rights movement um, with this with this school, obviously, as well. Right. Um, they had a, a uh, they had an astronaut um, also that was on one of the Columbia missions that became um, the first optometrist uh, from the university. And I don't have the gentleman's name. Uh, terrible, terrible note taking on my part, <laughs> but um, <laughs> they they do claim they do claim the first the first optometrist uh, from the University uh, of of Alabama, Birmingham. Got it. Nice. Uh, okay. So other things. So it technically didn't become a university full blown until like the seventies. Um, the, and, and in that time period when they, when they did it, they had a, a pink dragon was their mascot. They've always been the blazers, however. So one of the things that they wanted to be known for is being trailblazers, um, in the academic field and academic world. So they, I've always been known even before they were a full-blown university as the Blazers, um, but they didn't get a full mascot until 1970, I think it was. Um, but anyway, um, that that mascot was a pink dragon um, mm. named Blazer. Um, that mascot lasted for a, a brief period of time. Um, and let's see, where was my notes? I believe that was one of the nightmare fuel pictures you sent me too. That was a a thousand percent one of the nightmare fuel pictures. (laughs) You're going to have to tweet out. You're going to have to tweet out the mascot pictures again, like you did with uh, with Ball State. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Okay. So I misspoke. So yeah, 1970, it was 1978 when the pink dragon dragon served as the first official mascot for the UAB Blazers. Um, that okay. was a debut for a basketball team, which as, as I'm sure Jim, you're, you're on the basketball side of this UAB is a pretty big basketball school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, uh, 1978, but then he was short-lived, um, in 1979, they unveiled a new mascot, um, whose name was Beauregard T. Rooster. And he is a giant rooster looking character which dons none of the color characteristics that you would typically associate with UAB. Um, that guy, um, Mr. Beauregard Rooster, Mr. Rooster, um, he, he was the mascot through the 80s. Okay. Uh, and I guess that in 1993, they unveiled a new mascot, the Blazer Warrior, which looks like a... If, if the king from Burger King was a Norse god, um that would be the characterization that i would give for what this mascot was that's um that's very accurate for whatever reason um i I don't have a whole lot of details on this um i didn't have a lot i didn't care to really research much more but his uh his his tenure as as the official mascot was less than six months okay um because of a lot of outcry uh, from the students and faculty. Um, apparently they were not happy with the, the Norse God. Um, and from, they basically went, uh, they basically went mascotless until 1995 when blaze, um, a basically dragon, um, was unveiled. 
uh, Blaze the Dragon. So that leads us up to, and and he was he has various iterations, um, Nightmare Fuel all along the way. Um, but that leads us to today, where you see the the dragon as the as the official mascot, and it doesn't sound like they have wavered off of it. So I don't know what it is with Alabama schools and having like mascot like turmoil and you know yeah seriously being yeah make up your mind mascotery, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going on there. I was just trying to figure out like what what it is. So I googled what is a blazer, like what is a UAB blazer, and I got this uh, came back from Wikipedia. It said that. In January of 1978, a campus-wide vote bestowed the nickname Blazers on the team, hoping that the teams would blaze a new trail in college athletics. Wow. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, I did confirm. Stevie Wonder is an honorary doctor of music. (laughs) Okay. I've I've been hanging on edge, John, the entire time wondering what was going on. Well, it just so happened that I I did have that that note. (laughs) I I, I have to acknowledge something because I I think Fletcher Proctor or UGA Hoops Mafia are probably yelling at their podcast player because you mentioned the basketball thing. There there was a Georgia UAB basketball uh, connection in Channing Tony. Uh, Channing Tony was a Georgia basketball player who transferred before back in the day, you know, before the transfer portal era. And uh, played basketball, finished out his career at UAB, as I recall. So mm. there's that. And the other connection I had was going the other direction. Uh, I don't know if you remember Jake Gaines. Jake Gaines, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he was a when, so when UAB like when their football program was disbanded and they stopped playing right. for a few years, right? He uh, they all needed a home. He came over, and I, I looked looked it back up. He he led the team in tackles in 2015 in uh, in Rick's last team. Uh, he also had two interceptions and the fumble recovery. Uh, and he's currently the head football coach at Moody High School in Alabama. So another uh, UAB Georgia connection. Nice. Well, there's a, a number of uh, of UAB Georgia connections um, then because um, as you look to the the as you look to the actual game itself, right? Um, there is a UGA connection in this game. Mm. In the Do game you, itself. Yes, in the game itself. Do you have any? Mm-hmm. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Kirby, Kirby mentioned it on the press conference. So I think I know. Is it their offensive coordinator? Is that where you're going? No, but I do have something on their o- offensive coordinator, which we'll get to in just a second. Uh, I was going to talk about that too. Mm, then no, <laughs> then I don't remember. No, I, I, and I listened to his press conference. I forgot. So he mentioned Eddie. Eddie was with us for uh, mm. a long time. Uh be UAB's uh, offensive line coach Eddie Gordon um has had been with UGA from 2019 um through 2022 okay got it um so he was with UGA in their entire national championship run got it yeah i missed um, that I, I do remember him saying that now yeah okay yep um it, it's kind of interesting cuz um you know Trent Dilfer you know we'll get to him in a second but um you know he's amassed a, a bit of an, an interesting um he he's got a, he's got a nice a nice set of coaches here for sure um they at least have some some good pedigree yeah um so that brings us to the next the next um connection um <laughs> Alex Mortensen is the offensive coordinator does yes. that name sound familiar to you? It does. It does. Okay. Do you want me to, shall I answer the question? Yes. Son of Chris Mortensen. 
the yes. I would say legendary ESPN reporter. I would say, you know, he's legendary. He was a huge part of my youth, you know, always heard him. I don't know if you remember, he used to, he would be on uh, like locally in Atlanta in the early two thousands. He would, he was on Buck and Kincaid like once a week, he would do the, uh, the Mort report and he would come on and give them uh, NFL news. So I'll always, I always really liked Chris Mortensen. Yep. Um, I, I agree. He was, he was definitely kind of, um, he was definitely a big part of that. Uh, I feel like I, I, maybe I'm I'm totally misremembering, but wasn't he like a big baseball guru? I feel Chris like Mortensen? he would, Yeah, he may have been. I feel like I feel like when I think back on you know watching Sports Center, I feel like Chris Mortensen would always talk about baseball. But um, yes, Alex Mortensen, his son, uh, who is incidentally from Atlanta as well. Saw that. Um, Do you know where he played college football? I've got uh, a connection for you. Chris Mortensen. No uh alex where his son alex played the offensive coordinator oh where oh you know what i i did look this up but you probably have it in your notes because you're a much thorough note taker so he went he went to arkansas initially and he actually finished at arkansas but he transferred away and came back and the connection there is when he transferred away he went to samford uh alma mater a friend of the show and recent uh surprise birthday party haver <laughs> well, Man, he's got three three episodes in a row he gets to mention. <laughs> fancy, exactly fancy exactly. boy so that was my note that was my note there uh i'll give you another uh another interesting connection um particularly with the coaching staff and the whole national championship run mm-hmm. uh there is another uh connection not, not not directly but more indirectly with one of the teams that we played um in the national in the national title runs um their tight end coach Riley Jeffers. Um, he was most recently a part of the Ohio State Buckeyes staff. Okay, got it. Um, but yeah, uh, apparently a, a, this entire coaching staff largely uh, was assembled through a combination of he had this Lips- Lipscomb Academy, which I didn't really like investigate much, but I guess that um, Trent Dover kind of built this. Lipskin Academy into a, a a powerhouse of sorts. Yeah. Um, that's how we got to start. I'll give you another, for instance, um, another fun fact uh, specifically regarding uh, Trent Dilfer. Um, he is famous for starting something. Do you know what he started mm. in the football world? Yeah, uh, I would say. I'll give you a hint. It's all along the lines of recruiting. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say there was some quarterback. I, I know he used to do a quarterback thing. I feel like. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. You're red hot, Jim. Okay. You're you're red hot. <laughs> uh, he actually founded uh, a little a, a little small tiny thing that you may have heard of called the Aaliyah Eleven. Okay. Okay. I was started to say it, but then I started to doubt myself. <laughs> yes. I definitely uh, wouldn't have like known that offhand. Yeah, he helped. He helped start it. I guess is where I should say. Got it. Um, but yeah, obviously he's known as a as a big. Um, you know, a big quarterback guru. Um, you know, he won the won the Super Bowl. Um, you know, he's is definitely a, a storied. Um, he comes from a storied lineage, right? And so yeah. he's amassed the staff. Um, his offensive coordinator and his defensive coordinator were was were with him when he built the Lipscomb Academy. Um, and he's just recruited other coaches alongside him. So I, I'd have to say that if you were on the outside looking in, like assembling a coach pulling from pulling from national powers uga and ohio state would be a smart move right yeah 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 for sure for sure um i had if 
I, I feel like uh, we're kind of tipping our hats. I, we uh, we don't have a whole lot to say about this game. <laughs> I kind of wanted to dive into some of this stuff. I know we got questions. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, why don't we? I'm going to run through the the press conference notes quick, pretty quick, and then we can get back to this ton of stuff. Um, so, although we we hit a couple of things, but so Kirby did say this is the. He said that Ron Corson told him this is the long longest injury list we've had. Uh, he said since we've been here. So since Kirby has been the head coach. Uh, so not really the warm and fuzzies there. Um, we were curious about Amarius Mims. Uh, he sprained his ankle and needs tightrope surgery. Uh, sounds like that's similar to what was done with Lawson Lucky. Um, so he's going to be out. He's out for multiple weeks, at least. Um Roderick Robinson, we had talked about that he only had the one play. Um, he's got a high high ankle sprain. Um, expect him to miss time. And then Kendall Milton uh, confirmed it was his MCL. Um, so we'll see how long that's going to take him back, take him out. Um, not on Kirby's injury report, report but one additional. Uh, shout out to Fripp Dog. Uh, so my dad is having surgery tomorrow. So add him, we can add my dad, uh, to the injury list. Uh, so I know, uh, by the time folks are, folks are listening to this, that'll, that'll be over and done for, for you and I, John it's, it's tomorrow. Uh, so my dad's having his, uh, shoulder and bicep repaired tomorrow. So shout out to my dad, Fripp dog. Uh, we're, we're hopeful to get him back. Shout out Fripp dog. I hope that you hope that you're on the men soon, sir. What's the problem? What's the, what's the, how long? Hey, hey, coach. How long? How long is Strip Dog going to be out for? Uh, it's outpatient. It's it's an outpatient surgery, so um, it's mainly going to be uh, like rehab, you know, uh, PT. So, no, no word yet on if he's going to go see Paul. Sorry, I just have to do that again. Okay, we can continue. <laughs> no extended, uh, no extended time time away from the tailgates. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that was it. That was it for the press conference. That's those were the notes that I grabbed. Um, I guess I don't know. Shall we talk about the game, John? I guess so. You know, um, yeah. We, we have this. You know, Vegas. Vegas obviously knows something about the last several games, <laughs> which, which worked out so well for us. Yeah. Um. So just a few people to call out for when when Georgia has the ball. Some of the Georgia offense. Uh. So for UAB. Um, it was a little tough. Like I had to just go through, look at their individual guys. I tried to look at like conference USA and see if they had any guys up near the top, um, in any defensive statistic categories and wasn't really finding anything. Um, but so, uh, safety Keandre swoops is there. He's tied for a leading tackler with 19 tackles. Um, also tied is linebacker Jackson Bratton. Um, and Bratton also has two sacks. And they've got a couple of guys with a pick, uh, cornerback BJ Mays and safety Chris Bracey, each have an interception. I did notice both of them had uh, their one interception was run back pretty far. I think uh, Bracey ran his back, not for a touchdown, but had like a 50 yards, 50 something yard return on his there. So, okay. but, but I think the thing here with, is just going to be looking at Georgia, right? And the injuries, shifting things around. I know we've, we, we got to see Edwards come back this week, but we don't have Mims, um, no Roderick Robinson. So we're pretty, pretty thin. So I don't know with the thin roster in mind, John, what are you, what are you looking for on Saturday? Oh man, I'm looking for consistent line play. I'd like to see more Dylan Bell in, in the running back position. Um, 
I why why are you why are you why are you hesitating? No, I'm not hesitating. I'm saying mm, I like that. Yeah, no, you I like that. <laughs> um, I, I mentioned it on the last episode. Um, it felt like that when Georgia needed an explosive play, that Ra Ra Thomas was answering the call. Um, in the last game, and I'd like to see that carry forward. I feel I feel like that we're going to see more of him um, as the season progresses, taking on that that AD Mitchell role. Um, you know, he wears number five, mm. so he's acting yeah. like number five currently. So um, I have a feeling they're going to try to get him the ball more downfield, and I have a feeling that they're going to try to get more vertical um, with the passing attack um, as as Carson Beck gets more and more confident um in his throws deep but yeah offensive line consistency getting those pushes um you know getting those holes having our running backs hit the holes get some get another 100 yard rusher from Dejon edwards um and then the only other thing that i would say that like i don't know um <laughs> you and i were messaging about this but like we're, we're really missing darnell washington in yeah. order uh, there's a combination, right? We're missing Darnell Washington, but also Lawson Lucky is hurt. Um, So we have, we have Delph, we have, you know, obviously Brock Bowers, but when you are missing a huge blocking component and then Lawson Lucky is also a big blocker, a big, a big body as well, kind of similar. Yeah. Um, So Brock is being asked to do and fill some of that void at the expense of, his statistics. Now that said, I'm hoping that we will figure out ways to get him the ball in higher quantities because mm-hmm. we're going to need him um, in the future. Um, yeah, I think I mentioned on the on the call or <laughs> on the call. I mentioned <laughs> uh, I mentioned on the last episode that uh, there were some play there were some play looks that we showed um, where Brock was lined up in the slot. And had he gone in different directions with different looks, like I, I feel like that he, I feel like that they they've got to scheme him open um, like that, so that when they see certain sets and certain formations um, personnel, um, that they've got to be able to take advantage of it and 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 put one put one deep on Brock. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, no, I I think the same. I think with the with the limited running back core. You know, with presumably no Milton, no Robinson. Um, well, no, either Robinson. We're already down one Robinson. Um, look for that, uh, the short passing game. That's the extension of the running game that Kirby always likes to talk about. So, I don't know. I think we're looking for a, probably putting the ball in the air a decent amount. Um, and then what what can we do there? I, I, I guess what I'll be watching for is can we improve our perimeter blocking? Because uh, that's that's been lacking love to see the receivers step up there and improve that. So that's probably the only other thing I'd add to what you said. All right. Well, why don't we take a moment to remind everyone that season four of my got a podcast is presented by Oxia time. Uh, so Oxia time is a Swiss watch company. Uh, they make automatic automatic watches. Uh, so you don't have to, uh, there's no batteries or anything, right. That's going to wind up on its own. Um, and you've got to check out their 2021 and 2022 Georgia national championship watch collection. Um, you can ch- get those at Oxia time. There's also at the college football playoff over at their website, over at collegefootballplayoff.com. Uh, they have, uh, the exclusive, uh, 2022 champions blackout watch. Uh, so that's another one in the collection as well. Um, most of the watches come with free engraving on the back. So you can get a message on there, personalize it a bit for yourself. Uh, multiple straps, um, 
to go there, change out the band. Um, and if you head on over to oxiatime.com, that's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com and use the code MyGotAPodcast at checkout. Uh, you'll also get a presentation box as well. Uh, so you have a perfect way to display your watch uh, when it's not on your wrist, uh, when it's at home. So be sure to go check them out. And uh, thanks again to OxyTime for presenting season four of My Got a Podcast. Yeah, check them out and um, definitely take a look at the back of the watches, um, particularly on the on the website. You can see the... I, I always like showing people the the back of the watches because usually when when people take take a hold of these things they that they recognize like the the weight like there's, mm. it's a nice it's a nice Swiss yeah. Swiss built watch um, it's an automatic watch right so on the back you can see all the mechanisms and stuff so that is um, true uh, that's that's usually a, a pretty a pretty nice conversation point as well when when people are asking about the watches yeah yeah for sure. So thanks again to John Canaris uh, and everyone at Oxia Time uh, again. So appreciate it. All right. Let's see, John, for the defense uh, when Georgia has the ball. So I was going to mention uh, the offensive coordinator, but we covered that in the fun facts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, for some players on the offense, so quarterback Jacob Zeno, um, he is 98 of uh, – 98 of one, I've wrote something wrong down. Let me get my stats here. So he's at 80, 80.3% completion Senate completion percentage, uh, 956 yards, uh, six touchdowns and three picks. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry. He was, he's 98 of uh, 122 passing, uh, for that. So, uh, I don't know, completing a, a high percentage of his passes there. Um, Let's see. He also is the team's second leading rusher, uh, 30 carries uh, for 94 yards and two two touchdowns. Um, And then running back leading rusher is Isaiah Jacobs, 27 carries for 127 yards and a touchdown. Um, And then their leading receiver is Tijon Palmer, 12 catches for 148 yards in a touchdown. It, it did look like they spread the ball around a pretty good bit, though. They've got a lot of lot of receivers uh, with some pretty similar stats there. Sounds familiar. Right, right. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, uh, Trent Dilfer knows what he's doing there, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know, JP, what are you, what are you looking for when they have the ball? I have not done um, extensive film study on these guys. I'm going to give uh, full disclosure there. Yeah, I, I would say that the biggest things that we're going to be looking for is just the the line being able to get home, right? Like, I don't know that we're, I don't know that I necessarily need them to accumulate a a ton of sacks, but like, I'd like to see some disruption along, uh, along the defensive line. Um, You know, there's a certain element of, you know, I I, I was a little harsh on the the secondary last week, I feel like maybe, but um, if, if they're, if their quarterback is able to sit back there in a clean pocket and, his shirt's not dirty, you know, those kinds of things. Um, that's just a recipe for disaster down the road. And these tune-up games are supposed to flush out a lot of those things. We are now in our, uh, we're now in multiple consecutive tune-up games. I would expect that we have, we should be getting closer to mid-season form um, across the board. And that extends to the defensive line, that extends to the secondary and our linebacking core as well. Um, seems like that Michael Williams is kind of establishing himself as, as that edge, that edge guy, um, that dominant edge rusher that we we're talking about that we've been missing since Adam Anderson. Um, you know, 
I, he looks the part. I'd like to see him continue some get, get some consistency. And I think that that's kind of the key for both of these teams, just being consistent moment by moment. <laughs> not nice. going to rage, not going to rage stroke on any of these play calls. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, they've, so UAB has not played, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're one and two, but also still haven't played crazy level of competition. So they put up 35 points against uh, North Carolina A&T in their first game. They won that 35 to six, um, put up 35 points in a 49 to 35 loss to Georgia Southern. Um, and then last week lost 41 to 21. So 21 is their lowest point total thus far this year. Um, so they've been, you know, scoring some points against um, the teams that they've been playing. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think for me, I don't know, again, we're, we're going to see, we're going to go back to pretty vanilla. Um, I would suspect and um, see some of that depth, see the snap counts look more like they did in the first two weeks than, than last week is, is what I'm, ex- what I'm expecting to see. But again, agreed. Let's, let's see some, some growth from, from these guys would love to see some more sacks again, honestly. Yeah. Sacks turnovers. Um, I'll take it. Um, you know, continued sustainment of the, the yards allowed or passing yards allowed and rushing yards allowed. Like they we're only, we're, we're only giving up 87.3 yards per game um, on the ground and 177 yards through the air. Yeah, I know that is, that is a recipe for where teams go to die. I know uh, one thing Kirby did mention in the press conference. He was like, "We gave up, a, we gave up a rushing touchdown to South Carolina, and that's a no-no here. Like, we don't give up rushing touchdowns." <laughs> so they, were, they were not happy about that. Uh, so you know, maybe we, maybe we can get back to keep back to keeping teams out of the end zone, like we used to always do, um, and we generally still do. So. All right, let's see. A couple of special teams things. Uh, so for them, um, their place kicker is a guy named Matt Quinn. Uh, he has one for four on field goals on the season. Uh, he's, he is perfect on extra points, but only one of four on field goal attempts. Uh, and their punter is Patrick Foley. Um, not from anywhere exotic. Not you know, no uh, Australia or anything there. Uh, he's an, he's actually a transfer from Arkansas, uh, originally from Omaha, but he's got a 45.3 yard average on punts with a long of 56 yards. So a couple of special teams guys for them. Um, okay. I want to look, look at our kicking game. Can we kick the ball off and keep it in play? Uh, not out of bounds. And yeah. I mean, I'd prefer to just not kick field goals. Um, but if we do kick field goals, let's, let's make them. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously wouldn't be opposed to the, unofficial official receiver of my guy podcast uh mr muse uh getting involved in the return game again uh feels like a good game for that to happen yeah and uh even even him on the on the receiving side too like he he hasn't really been a factor in the last in the last game yeah 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 we'll we'll Uh, we'll see for makai to return to form do you think that we will see zirkle um doing any kicking this weekend Uh, i expect to see him kicking off because he has been i don't I don't think so. Um, I don't think yet. I don't believe okay. so. I don't believe so. I don't, I don't think we're there yet. Um, and I'll table. I have an, I have one other thing to say about that, but I'm going to table it. Uh, Cause I think we have a listener question about uh, Mr. Woodring. So. Okay. All right. Um, why don't we move on that note? Why don't we move on to listener questions? Uh, which this season are brought to you by working web media. 
so, you know, if you have a small business and you need some help with your online presence, need a website, uh, go check them out. Uh, they did the newly redesigned mygotapodcast.com for us. Uh, we're very pleased with the site, uh, much happier, huge upgrade over what we had before, uh, not only in the site itself, but also the store. Uh, so we're able to work with them, get a new My Got a Podcast store set up. Um, so you can go check that out at mygotapodcast.com slash store as well. Um, but again, if you need any help with your online presence, uh, be sure to check them out at workingwebmedia.com slash dogs. And then they will know that we sent you their way. All right, JP, first up, we got our buddy Brett Belding. Um, he said two for today. Number one, will these slow starts get fixed or is it just part of this team's identity? What do you think there? I mean, I think that we're just figuring things out. I mean, you look at last mm-hmm. season and it's similar. It was, it was a similar approach. Like we were all kind of wondering like what was going on, but um, they figured things out. Uh, yeah. Right now we're averaging more points than we were last year. So if that trend continues, then um, I like our chances. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, again, like this week, well, I, you know, the, the defense had been starting fast. So it was more of an offensive question, I suppose. Um and again, like this game, I actually, you know, that first drive pretty good until the red zone. So I, I think we clean up the red zone and we're good there. I, yeah, I don't think it's an identity thing. Um, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, we we were excited about the way the schedule broke to break in the new players, the new offense. I mean, new quarterback, bunch of new receivers, you know, new linemen and everything, a new offensive coordinator. Um, so let's give them time to gel. I don't think it's an, the identity, though. Um and then Brett's second question, John, how do you lose an F-35? <laughs> Dude, I, don't get me started on that. Like, we, <laughs> we, can get, we can get really squirreled on that. Like, how do you build a, uh, I saw 80 to $200 million um, piece of warfare and, um, and lose it over freaking South Carolina? I mean, Jim, is Gaffney traffic that bad? Hey, it's not, it's not that far from Fripp. I believe because they were <laughs> uh, where all this happened because um, they had tagged some Beaufort uh, accounts from what I saw on Twitter. My joke to Lily was this. I, I think this might be the plot of the next season of Outer Banks. Uh, that's going to be <laughs> what they're looking for the next season. John Boy, uh, John Boy is uh, commandeering the, the F-35. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds right in line with what they're going to do. Um <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go Mach 5. <laughs> yeah. I like that you said John Boy. Uh, it is John B, but I think maybe it should oh, have been John. John B, sorry. <laughs> I like, I like, I like, that was a good, uh, that was a good mistake. I liked it. All right. Um, 51 to see it. 51 to 7 GATA says UAB has given up 49 points to Georgia Southern and 41 to Louisiana, not, not LSU, um, University of Louisiana. How many points do the dogs need to score in the first half to make us feel better about the slow, about the slow starts? Um, this was paired well. Um, so right, we'll, we'll pause there before his next question. So here's, here's the thing that I'm going to say. Uh, and maybe we'll circle back to, to what uh, Brett, Brett was asking. Yeah. All right. So there's a couple of things wrapped up in this. Number one, you got a slow start. Number two, I actually think that the biggest culprit of the slow start is actually the running clock. Mm, yeah. And I'll tell you why. It's because if you go out and you have basically a three and out or you have a little bit of a drive and kick it, like they have a little bit of drive, like basically every game thus far, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'm not like charting this or anything, but 
it feels like that we've only had one possession in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you, I mean, when you kick off, that seems to be how it is now. I mean, that definitely was it against South Carolina. We had, you know, and they only had like one and a half from right. what I remember, like their second possession, we changed from first to second quarter during that, their second possession. Right. So yeah, it's going fast, man. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, so like to, to a certain extent, like you, you can't get behind because if you don't, then the possessions are, are that much more, you know, contracted or constricted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I, it feels clock related is all I got to say about it. And I yeah. hate, I hate, hate, hate the running clock. Well, I want to skip ahead to one of our other questions just to tie it in because he had two questions anyway. So John Michael D had said, how awful did the new clock rules feel against South Carolina? Only four first half positions, but 18 hours of commercials is just awful. Um, I'll add there because I've seen a lot of people, you know, people are starting to complain about it more and more online. And I've seen a lot of people say like, why, why? And, you know, not understanding why we're doing it. Um, and I'd said it before and I went back today to look back at my notes from when I went to see Kirby speak with Greg. Um, uh-huh. And again, what in, I, I found it like he specifically said with the season getting extended with playoff expansion, he said, I'm on the rules committee and we want to get the number of plays per game down by making these rules changes. Like that is the goal, less plays per game. Um, so you're, you are, you're shortening the game plays wise because players are going to play more games. So for the teams that go all the way through the playoff, play more games, hopefully over the span of the season, they're not playing that many more plays than they were in the, in the past. So that is the why that's the, why they're doing it. What stings about it is that TV is injecting more commercials. And so you're not shortening the duration of a game. Uh, you're just taking, you're just getting less football during the same time window. So that does think. Yeah. I can't imagine what that must feel like in the, in the stadium uh I, I the the stadium crews are probably having to get really creative have you have you had any like new like little segments or anything like that it's uh, like inject like right there that like you know joe ma and pa kettle you know being honored uh during a commercial break is is being <laughs> extended <laughs> so those things are still happening there actually is a new thing there is a new uh there's like a selfie cam and so okay. you can you can you scan a qr code uh off the jumbotron onto your phone and I've then seen this at the atlanta united games yeah and then like you know you get linked up to it and then your camera's linked up and so you may you may be able to get on the jumbotron through your own phone's camera instead of having to get on the camera uh, my niece actually got on got on the jumbotron from that uh in the ball state game awesome yeah so that's the only new that's the only one i've noticed john there may have been other things but that's the only one i can remember yeah i again uh it, what what it's doing is it's creating a it's creating a learning curve that is much steeper than in the past. So if 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 in the past you had like this chess match that would happen early in the game where they'd be like, okay, there'd be some poking and prodding. I, I think back to like the triple option. Like maybe this is like a, a death knell for the um for the triple option because that's something that um the codfish would always do is like they would, they would get their first few possessions would be kind of a wash until they figured out like where the assignments were. And from there they'd run their offense. So like now you, you, you can't really do that. You can't waste possessions anymore. So um, if you have a team that's struggling um, with their, particularly with, at the quarterback position, then your possessions are, are going to be that much more precious. So it yeah. probably just feels inflated. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, 
let's see. Uh, I'm going to table the rest of 51 to 7 GATS question. I'm going to come back to that in a minute because uh, we've we, <laughs> we had some overlap overlap again. Um, uh, actually, we can go ahead and do that now. So he wanted to know about black jerseys. So he said. How many people this week will ask Coach Smart, have you considered using the black jerseys this week? Um, and that was that was the first part of Bobby Wilson's question was, should we wear the black jerseys Saturday night for the 730 start? And when he added in, why will Kirby, Kirby absolutely make sure we don't, LOL. Um, I'll answer that. I mean, I actually, one thing I noticed in the press conference, John, is that didn't come up, uh, at least from anything I saw. No one asked Kirby, are you going to wear black jerseys in the night game? Um so I think maybe the 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 press has learned not to ask him. <laughs> so that's the first thing. And I know the reason why. And not to you be a use his sayings, uh keep the main thing the main thing. I, I like he believes these things and to Kirby, that is a distraction. So that's why. Um he's not he's not gonna all of a sudden do that uh in the middle of the season. Yeah, I don't know. Um it would be nice. I just don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Um, let's see. Bobby's other one. Uh, oh, what is, what is the best tailgate bourbon? And then he said, have fun guys. And I look forward to this portion of the podcast, which I don't know. I don't know. Does Bobby not listen to look forward to the other portions of the podcast? Come on, Bobby. No, I was kidding. Um, <laughs> what's your, what's your best tailgate bourbon, John? Best tailgate bourbon. I mean, I, you kind of have a, the ancient age at, at Greg's tailgate. Um, mm. And then like the Weller Special Reserve is another one for the overall. Eagle Rare has got to be up there too. Um, just one of those nice, like fairly easy to find. You don't feel too bad about mixing it into a, a mixture drink. Um, yeah. Um, and, and they're relatively inexpensive. Maybe not so much on the Eagle Rare, but um yeah, I was gonna say Buffalo. Buffalo, Buffalo Trace. Trace would be another good. Buffalo Trace is a good one. Yeah. 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 Sure. I, I mean, hard to find for me, but right. relatively speaking, um, and definitely not expensive. I mean, as long as you're, I mean, it retails under thirty bucks. So right. yeah, yeah. I would say it's. I would say it's more centered around a price point for me, as far as mm-hmm. like a quote unquote go to bourbon. Yeah. And I would say that hovering right around that thirty to forty dollar bourbon um is going to be my ceiling for a, a tailgate bourbon although you and john busted out one or 12 at the last one so geez louise <laughs> raising the bar uh not i mean busted out we we didn't we didn't bring it we didn't bring it it was actually a cock who brought who brought that uh what? so shout oh, out nice. usc engineer uh oh nice yeah missed yeah. it yeah he brought that so uh appreciate it yeah uh, he and I actually had on the same shirt, uh, but I had okay. the Georgia version and he had a South Carolina version. That was pretty funny. Um, yeah. Wait, which one did you have? Was it the dog bone one or? Uh, it was the the tour the tour logo on reserve. Okay. And but then it had the standing bulldog, and then his was the same polo, but it had the uh, you know the South Carolina logo on it. Had so. feather had feathers. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So the only other thing I was going to add there was I believe it was in in LA at the Natty. Uh Bobby was making uh bourbon and cokes with Buffalo Trace. And I Ooh. made a joke about like mixing Buffalo Trace instead of drinking it straight. And Bobby was like, Jim, it's too damn early. I'm not drinking this straight. <laughs> like it was amazing. <laughs> So Bobby's at me straight. Awesome. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Glad to know. Thanks, Bobby. Um, cool. 
All right, let's see. I skipped. Well, let me go back up one, John, in our notes. Uh, so Dwight, um, he had mentioned mentioned the sluggish sluggish starts, but said, "Will it change under the lights of a true night game?" You think? I I don't know. I don't. I I like your theory. I like your theory on the it being just less less possessions. So um, I would love to see him come out under the come out of the gates um, under the lights, though. That'd just, be pretty. That'd be pretty sweet. Just, just guns blazing, like uh, yeah, <laughs> like, like lad, just, just guns blazing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and then Dwight wants to know what the spread is for the first quarter, and will the dogs cover it? I don't know what is. How do you even figure that out? Or I don't know. No, that's what a, he's saying. I think he wants us to set it, John. I'm not a degenerate gambler, so I don't know these things. <laughs> but based on my math, <laughs> the spread is what forty something points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, just let's just. So it's gonna the, say ten something. I can do forty divided by, by four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think I'm, I if it's ten let's say, let's say it's at ten and a half. I think I think we could cover that. I think we could cover. Yeah. I okay. Hit that, I hit the over on that one. Okay. Um. The I think that uh someone had asked the question like how many points do we need to score or whatever right um yeah I would say like if you really wanted to put the the game out of sight and uh, and you know put it to bed early like 21 mm. okay okay 21 yeah. points in the first quarter would probably shut a lot of people up yeah oh Bubble. yeah that was that was 51 to 7 GTAs how much uh how much do we need to score in the first half to make us feel better about the slow starts yeah Bubba would be up there like you know so that's 21. That's your number. That's your first half number for that. I think that's uh, right. Well, I thought it was first quarter. Dwight was first quarter. 51 to seven GTA was first half. Uh, okay. First half. Yeah. I would say 21 to 21 first quarter would shut a lot of people up. Yeah. 30 first half. <laughs> I like it. I like how you're thinking. here. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Bobo, if, 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 if we were up 30 to nothing at halftime, um, Bobo would be up there. Like, you know, how does my stink taste? <laughs> nice um all right i was de- i was debating like how uh, do we need to set guardrails for how far off the rails this one goes john and you probably already know what i'm going to talk about um john michael d he he had started off with the clock rules um but then he said following up and totally random two-part question how soon can carter do dual enrollment on college courses and can <laughs> and can dual enrollees uh, participate in athletics, say kicking field goals under 35 yards. I'm not sure about that. I'd have to investigate that one, but uh, he's a, he's a good, he's a good ways off. We did talk about, um, we did talk about going, going the kicking route. Um, Cause he's not playing, he's not playing soccer anymore. And we did, we did see there was a, there was a big news story about um, his last name's Aubrey. And I can't remember his first name, but um, it's a guy that was drafted by a Toronto uh, MLS team uh, a few years ago before COVID um, drafted pretty highly. Um, but like a lot of guys, you know, they get drafted, you know, he didn't, it didn't really pan out for him. A few mm-hmm. years later, he got cut. The league minimum for MLS was like, I want to say it's like $75,000, something like that. 45,000, something, uh, something absurd uh, for a pro athlete. Um, and so I guess that somewhere along the line, like he saw some kicking, somebody was doing some kicking and his wife was like, yeah, you could do that. And, and he decided during COVID to like hire a, a kicking coach and became a kicker. And then he tried out for the Dallas Cowboys and made it, made the roster spot. I don't know. How, I don't know if he's actually how he's doing or whatever, but he made a roster spot, which is a 700 and like a $750,000 league minimum. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so guy gets cut in MLS and is making <laughs> a lot of money just to sit the bench, even for for an NFL team, is is pretty phenomenal. So I think that answers his was his follow up, which that was the part I couldn't find it. I, I didn't have it in the notes, but I knew he had asked it. So I, I I just tracked it down on Twitter. So he, he said the better future Carter story is a making it to the starting keeper for a USMNT match, or b being a kicker for Kirby and Athens. Yes, I would say the the kicker for Kirby and Athens would be. Uh, at this point in time, I'm more realistic because we had such a toxic experience with soccer last year. Um, those elite teams, things can get really dicey, um, as yeah, I've yeah, seen. Yeah. Right. Um, and he just didn't want to play anymore. So unfortunately, much to my chagrin, um, um, he's, he's, he's pretty much done with soccer at this point. Well, you can, you, um, we've talked about it, you know, uh, <laughs> I can uh I can relate there. Uh soccer ended just what one, one year earlier for us uh than you. Well, yeah, whatever. Last last season. Last season we had we had no soccer. It was the first season of no soccer for us since uh youth soccer began. So uh yeah. we have thoughts. We have thoughts. That's for that's that's for the podcast with with you at British Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can we can start the soccer podcast. Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, Ryder Hayes said, why do people always make schedule assumptions before seasons start? Uh, Missouri, Florida, Auburn, Ole Miss, and Kentucky all look like harder games than most thought going into the season. Still not a crazy schedule, but way more interesting already. Um, totally agree, Ryder. Um, I think uh, you know, we had talked about in the like preseason and like our season preview, just the fact that uh, – there's always like the game that kind of comes out of nowhere. Right. And you end up like some game that you weren't, weren't really thinking about preseason ends up the game where game day is coming to town. Right. Um, and here again, short season, we're not super far into it, but three games in, you know, these aren't the teams that you would maybe think that would be undefeated um, still. So agreed, man. I mean, between that, the way these teams are looking, just the landscape of college football, it's been kind of crazy all the injuries we've got. I mean, it's not, an, it's not an easy schedule. And we'll, you know, every, the other thing everyone has always said was the schedule looked so easy because Georgia was playing it, you know, like give it to somebody else and it doesn't look so easy anymore. So I, but I, I totally agree. You got You got to wait on this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say that it's, it's, we're still kind of early to really like make one. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's still kind of early. Like I said, because I mean, you got teams like I, like I talked about in the last episode, you got, Colorado, whose big tests aren't until the end of the season. Yeah. And by that point, those teams will also be vetted out, you know? Yep. Yep. So for sure. It's, it's, it's a fair, it's a fair criticism of the whole ranking situation and making any kind of snap judgments, particularly about the top 10, you know, even maybe even top 25, making any kind of snap judgments about what their schedules look like. Um, mm. I mean, if you look at the, the strength of schedule, like the strength of schedule right now, like, I mean, South Carolina had the toughest thing in Mississippi State, Alabama, Florida, Ole Miss, Missouri. Um, the SEC occupies the top six of strength of schedule. And one, no, wait, one, two, three of those teams. Yeah, three each from the East and the West. So it's not just the East and it's not just the West. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll let it we'll we'll let it play out even a little bit further to see how all of those look. But uh I don't know, man. Yeah, it definitely looks looks tougher now. Um we're we're always, you know, looking at the beginning of the season like everything is like it was at the end of last season, 
and it's not, <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're seeing that with us and we, we need to remember that with the, the turnover of the rosters in college football. Right. I mean, just, you've got it naturally with kids graduating anyway, but mm-hmm. it's even more so now. I mean, the roster turnover is crazy uh, across college football. Would you factor in the transfer transfer portal on top of just kids graduating, moving on? So. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, it's like that Simpsons meme of grandpa Simpson walking into the, the gentleman's club with Bart as the attendant, he walks in and then immediately turns around and walks out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's see. Uh, Fletcher Proctor. Okay. This is where he's Fletcher said, can Thorson kick? Uh, we may have given payday a nickname too prematurely. Uh, uh, we jinxed him, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> so this is where I was going to say, and I don't think I said this, um, on uh on the review but in the post game um i don't think this was on bulldog brunch i think this was in the post game call-in show saturday night uh kevin butler was pretty adamant that Woodring needs a kicking coach um and you know there's not a, a kicking specific coach we've got special teams coach on the staff but that's not the same as a kicking coach um and he feels like there are some things going on with his kick that a kicking coach could correct. Um, you know, I, we saw the difference that Kevin Butler made with Rodrigo Blankenship back when, uh, Kevin Butler was a, like a, a grad assistant student coach for Georgia. Um, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna down there. He, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, seriously. Um, I guess that, um, I, I, it's kind of crazy that he would not have a coach, right? I mean, not have a kicking coach. I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, most schools don't. Um, most schools don't have, like, a specific kicking coach. Well, but, like, isn't that because isn't that because the, the kids usually have, like... Like a private coach? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, yeah, I mean he may have a private coach, but I don't know. Um, he, but Butler's, Butler's point was Georgia needs a kicking coach on the staff. I think he's lobbying for himself to get his, his job back. John, honestly, I, but, uh, I, I would welcome it. I mean, Kirby paying the man. Yeah, seriously, seriously. Cause when he came on I feel like we, we turned around, uh, who was it that he came on and coached when he came on for that? Like, was it a season or two? Yeah. I just said it. Oh, JP, you got to get out of the dog central text thread. <laughs> You're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah, yeah, hot rod. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. Uh, Fletcher's other, his other question was uh, also, if Trent Dilfer can be a head coach, what former Georgia quarterback should be a head coach? And he's got some candidates. Uh, he's got Joe Tereshinsky the uh, third. Well, wait, what? <laughs> that that feels that feels like it came out of nowhere. Fatone Balta. <laughs> <laughs> Christian these LeMay. Are these are obviously like sarcastic ones, right? Christian LeMay. <laughs> uh, Logan Gray coaching special teams or Jacob Park. Those were those were his. Uh... <laughs> do you remember Jacob Park? I do. I remember being excited about Jacob Park. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I remember too. being excited about Logan Gray. Like I remember all, all those guys. Christian yeah. LeMay. Dude, Christian LeMay threw a pretty ball. I'm just he saying. Did. He did. He had a, he had a nice spiral. Uh, he was a Charlotte kid. Um but at any rate, I don't know. I mean, you know, like on a serious note, I I guess I kind of always thought David Green would have maybe gone into coaching. Um, mm. But to my knowledge, he didn't. 
I don't think he did. Yeah. I mean, he's, he definitely works at my buddy's old company um, doing insurance. Like we all kind of joked about like, well, we thought um, Stetson was going to be doing th- that was what Stetson was going to be doing. Yeah. Um, which he may still, he may still trend that way. Um, hmm. I mean, we can't, isn't, don't we have Bobo? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's he's here. <laughs> Surprise, uh, motherfucker! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the best is that like Fletcher asked that question, and when he listens back to this, he's probably just sitting there like waiting. Like, are they gonna freaking say Bobo? Like, what is taking them so long? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the answer. Okay, we can move, and that's it for the listener question. <laughs> uh, Thanks, I Fletcher. assumed that he was going for like someone like different, like you know. I, I Dude, don't know. I I don't know. I like how they could all coach something very specific, though. Especially Logan, Logan, Logan Gray, like fair catch coordinator, obviously, because you know, I mean, that's what we used him for, apparently. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess if I was being serious about it, I'd say that like he's probably going to be making too much money, but Matt Stafford probably has the most, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's got the knowledge. I he's got I, the knowledge base. He's got the like Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Matt mm, Stafford won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I don't think that like Trent Dilfer went the whole, you know, he started a an academy, basically high school, right? And kind of worked his way up. Right. Um right. I don't think Stafford's gonna go that route. No, I think he'll 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 ride off into the sunset whenever he's yeah. done, I believe my guess. No, you were but <laughs> you nailed it. The answer is Mike Bobo. Well done. Yes. <laughs> All right, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> it is time for Coach Trill Bills Over Unders UAB Edition. Uh, three cap. We were tied going into last week, and we picked all the same picks last week. So we are still tied. <laughs> uh, I feel like we should go with like golf rules. Uh, like, so you're, you went first last time we tied. So it's still your choice. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Oh, we're going to do golf rules. I feel like that makes sense. Okay. That's fine. So, but your choice, you want to kick, kick us off or you want me to? Uh, well, if it's, if it's my honors, uh, then I will, I'll go first. Okay. Over under, we'll start off with the offense as we always do. Over under two and a half rushing touchdowns for the Georgia offense. Over. Oh my gosh, we're off to a horrible start. Over. Uh, <laughs> running backs with 50 plus, 50 plus rushing yards over under 1.5. Um, I'm going to go over. I'm also going to go over. Okay. And then your turn over under 280, 285 yards. Uh, Passing. passing yeah i'm gonna guess i'm gonna smash the over yeah oh my gosh okay so <laughs> we're the we're the same on the offense let's see if we can mix it up here um my turn for the defense over under 225 yards passing allowed um man and i don't even know i i did i did zero research here um i'm gonna go do you know what they're averaging? Why am I asking you these questions? Uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go over. You think they're going to go over? 
That's what I'm going with. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to go under. Okay. Oh, we have to. Okay. There we go. All right. <laughs> over, under 95 yards rushing allowed. Over uh, to you. Over to me. I'm going to go under. Okay. Uh, man, do I just disagree with you just to disagree again? Uh, I, I do. Man, John, you're killing me here. <laughs> I'm going to go over to spice it up a little bit. Um, okay. And then over under two and a half sacks. Uh, I feel like that is a good number. Well, we have two last week and there was, that was the first uh, of any sacks. So mm, the kid runs a lot. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. Okay. Um, Over under two and a half field goals attempted for Georgia. This is the special teams question. Special teams question. Is it over to me? Yeah. I'm going to go under. Under. Okay. Uh, man, I really wanted to go under here because I wanted to say we're not kicking fields, field goals. We're scoring touchdowns. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with that. Stick to that. Under. Uh, and then miscell- miscellaneous, uh, finally a night game tweets over under 100. Uh, I'm going to go under. Under? Yeah. Do, okay. you, need my, do you need my logic? Because <laughs> this is our, we should be saying finally because we just had night game two weeks ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. Finally, a night game. Yeah, I I like it. Uh, with that, with that, I'll go under. Okay, <laughs> you, amazing. You sold amazing. me. Uh, all right. Thanks as always to Coach Trillbill. Uh, we got you some variety this week. Uh, so Coach will have some things to actually track. Um, I I decided not to stick my to my guns of uh writing everything down in advance. So basically, we have things going in opposite directions. <laughs> We'll see. Defense. We'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned to see what happens with this. Um, all right. So let's go to the uh, predictions. So for this game, uh, shout out to uh, Chapel Bell Curve guys and Doc Quant. Uh, so CBC R2 Sam predicts Georgia to win this game 42.3 to 7.9. Um, if you look at the spread over at Odd Shark, Georgia is a 41 and a half point favorite. Uh, with an over-under of 54. Uh, that gives an implied score of Georgia 47.75 to UAB 6.25. Um, and then their predicted score is Georgia 42.8 to UAB 29.4. That would be a win, not a cover for Georgia, and the over. Um, JP, what do you what do you got? Or do I need to go? I don't know. Is it is it your go or is it mine? I don't know that it matters. I don't think this matters. Okay. Um... Okay, so the implied score implied is these... it's basically like 48 to 6 47.75 to 6.25 right golly why is the predicted score going so sideways here yeah i just yeah. All, right, all right so here's the thing i wonder if the algorithms <laughs> have factored in the the less plays because i just don't see how the math would add up to have 43 basically a 43 30 game here or for this particular matchup right yeah um, I'm going to go 45, 10. Okay. I like it. Um, yeah, that is a lot. They think they're going to score like 30 I, points. 30 I actually points. just clicked on the link again to make sure I didn't like write, write it down <laughs> wrong. wrong. And I, I didn't, that I double checked it. Uh, that is what they have. So that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I'll go, I'll go, uh, 42 to seven, Georgia. 42 so. to seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I just, uh, 
you know, I don't know. Let's 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 come out. Let's get some vertical pass game going on. Uh, so, let's... so you shaded under. You shaded under CBC R two, and I shaded over. I didn't even really think about it that way. But yeah. Well, I'm just saying. That's no, 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 that's yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> I was told there would be no math. Yeah, seriously. Um, I did. I don't know. You want to look a little bit around the country? I uh, yeah. Uh, it's a pretty big weekend, so might as well. Yeah. So I I, I threw in our show notes a, a graphic from a friend of the show, uh, John John Tweed Sports. I mentioned he was at the game with me this past weekend, uh, but he, he has another new uh, podcast, uh, the Speak Easy Sports Show, and they put together a handy graphic that I'm using here. They uh, John was calling it Separation Saturday. Um, so you got uh, I don't know. I don't know. If we have to go through all these, but you got you know game day uh in south bend for ohio state at notre dame um ohio state number six notre dame number nine i'm excited about that one um yeah you know sam hartman uh the wake forest transferred to notre dame you know he he was from like charlotte area um went to davidson day high school i believe and then transferred out like into out the carolina coast when the uh, the coach moved out there um which was will greer's dad by the way um he went and followed him in high school. He was on the down that QB one show that uh, Fromm was on, one of those seasons. Um, you know, had, okay. was putting up huge numbers his entire career at Wake Forest, and now he's doing doing it again at Notre Dame. Um, I am I am curious. You know, I like to throw out like a lot of like the not believing in Notre Dame and throw out Notre Dame hate. Um, but I'm I'm interested to see this one. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, you've got a team that's coached by a former Ohio State player, mm. so there's a, there's yeah. an element of like that going on there <laughs> yeah and remember when he was he's uh, also from ohio too so like th- there's a big there's a big like w- again with the regional like this guy yeah the no- notre dame obviously has the long history but like this this th- their head coach has a long history in this in this area in ohio <laughs> yeah and remember when uh i know it's something that you would you had called out when uh when we were watching uh the Peach Bowl, the COVID year Peach Bowl against uh-huh. Cincinnati. Because remember, he was Cincinnati's defensive coordinator in that right. game, and they were like zooming in on him the whole time. Um, had a lot of camera shots on him. We're like, what's going on? What's going on with this? And now, fast forward, here we are, a head coach at Notre Dame. So, yeah, here we are. Now he's now he's the head coach of one of the most storied programs in the in the country, right? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. You know, we'll see what you know. Ryan Day coaching in big games. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't really know what to think. What do you like uh, in that game? Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of I kind of want Notre Dame to win. I'm kind of pulling for Hartman, so I'll go with Notre Dame. But that's more of a hard thing. I'm gonna go Notre Dame as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, I would I, just just to throw more chaos in because uh, yeah. what uh, actually maybe not. I don't know. Um, what is Notre Dame's schedule like after this? Because isn't there like the, the the way that their schedule usually sets up is like they have like one tough game, and then if they win that one, basically they're in the college football oh, you, conversation. You, you want to finagle this to keep them out of the CFP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're usually good for like a a, a, a complete clunker. Um, they have uh, Duke on the schedule next week, dude. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's not nothing. This they year. got USC. Uh yeah, I guess I guess they'll I guess they have some other opportunities to stumble, but um I would I would not be upset to see them take down Ohio State. Be, let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right though. Yeah, they don't have a whole lot left. You know, Pitt at Clemson. Yeah, so yeah, this is this is definitely the the biggest one 
of their season. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we don't want that. Um, I'm still going to go with them. I'm going to go yeah. with them. Uh, I mean, FSU at Clemson, I don't know. Like you would have thought that was probably going to be a pretty big blowout after the way it started, but FSU really struggled with Boston college last week. So uh, right. I don't know. And, and in death Valley and, in death Valley. Yeah. I mean, I'd still, I'd still lean, lean Clemson, but you, you, you have to like Clemson at home. I meant, I meant FSU. What did I say? I, I said lean Clemson. I meant I'm going to lean Florida State. But oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of like Clemson at home. Um, I feel like that it's not going to be lost on Dabo that if he loses this game, like it's going to bring into doubt a lot of. There's going to be a lot of questions that he's going to have to answer to if he loses this game. But then also questions that cousin Sammy has to answer. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, Sammy, what's going on, dude? <laughs> um, all right. The one that I know you really want to talk about, John. <laughs> Colorado at Oregon. The Dion, the Dion hype train goes out, goes to Oregon to take on uh Kirby's Dan, coaching tree. Dan Lanning. Yep. Yep. And and, and Bo Nix, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Bo Nix, uh, he's looking good. He's looking healthy. This might be the year. Uh um, flying the high flying uh prime time versus the like I don't know, Kirby's Death March Jr. <laughs> I, I this one it, I mean, so this one is interesting. So you've got multiple levels there. So number one, like, you know, I remember remember like Oregon fans were really mad at Dan Lanning last year after we blew them out in the opener because he said, like, look, we don't have as good players as Georgia, um, which was just being like realistic. Um right. so some folks got mad right away, but then they really came on last year. So you, you've got that. We've got the fast start that Colorado has, but then we've also got Dan Lanning's preseason comments when we found out that uh, Colorado was leaving the PAC 12 and he was asked to come on down it. And it was something along the lines of like, what has Colorado ever done in the PAC 12? Like, do you remember them ever winning anything? Like, cause I don't. Um, so, you know, Dion's going to be using that this week to motivate his guys. Oh, a thousand percent. He's going to be doing that. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I <laughs> I have a feeling that they're just going to run into the buzzsaw that that he's built over there. So that's that's just my that's just my two cents. So you've got Oregon. I've got I like Oregon in this game. I do too. Um, also, to add on top of that, which you know you informed me about Travis Hunter. I don't know. Like, is he? Do we have we heard any update on him? Because if he can't uh, go. I haven't I haven't um looked into it, but we can run a quick googly search. <laughs> um oh he's out three weeks. Ah man, that stinks. Okay. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's that stinks. Uh I wasn't a that, fan of that hit, but I think yeah. help him. No, yeah, all the more reason to take Morgan. Yeah. Uh let's see. I we I I guess the only other one I definitely would want to talk about was Ole Miss uh at Alabama. So again with the fighting hunt the fighting hunters. Uh, Ole Miss goes to Bama. I don't know if you saw um, Bama has made a quarterback change again. And today <laughs> Saban announced that, uh, that they're going back to Milrow. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see Marler's conspiracy theory? What, uh, what was his conspiracy theory? It was basically that like Saban was doing like Jedi mind tricks. Um, and it was like addition by subtraction or something, some kind of deal where basically he made everyone see because everyone was like, change the quarterback, change the quarterback. And so he did it against a team he knew they could beat where it didn't matter who the quarterback was. Right, right, right. And now he's like, see? See, I told you. <laughs> they go back to Milrow. These guys, so. these guys suck. <laughs> so, 
Oh uh, man, I don't know what to think here. I know I like Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss for this game, dude. Do you? This, this yeah. game. This game has like so many undertones of like you know master and commander kind of thing or master mm-hmm. and learner situation and okay. uh, I I believe Lane's beaten him before, right? Uh, has he? So I know Jimbo. So for the whole former assistant thing, you got uh, Jimbo Fisher. You got Kirby. Um, I thought when he lost to Ole Miss, it was Hugh Freeze was the coach. Yeah. From my recollection. Uh, and then when Lane was at Tennessee, they came close, but, uh, but never, never pulled it off. So I don't believe so. I think this would be the first time. You're right. Since, since he's been at Ole Miss, he has failed to beat his old head coach. So of all of the years to do so, this would be one to do. Um, yeah, I, Tuscaloosa apparently is not a tough place to play in anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Not not, will this data be full uh, before kickoff? Well, I mean, it's not so much that, but like you know, they've they've been playing, they they haven't been playing all that great lately. And if they're talking about going to Milrow, um, here's the thing: so Ole Miss is known for getting getting on opponents and getting like they're they're built on speed, right? They're built on scoring quickly. If Alabama can't keep up with Ole Miss. I mean, this could easily get ugly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Bama. I think. I think Bama uh, wins here. And my my reminder is they um, they don't have a conference loss yet. Um, so I don't know. Uh, still undefeated in the SEC. I think that'll. Sorry, Hunter, but I, I think that'll stay true this weekend. I don't think that he would fault you for that pick. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But I would say that um, I would say that there's you know Bama, Bama's down, and if you're going to take advantage of them, this year is going to be the year. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. Any of these other games that were on here jump out to you? Um, um, Oregon State's putting together a pretty decent defense. That could be interesting as um, you know we roll through that conference schedule. Um, Penn State's putting together a bit of a you know run here. Um, they're they're itching to crack into the top four. Um, I, I personally cannot stand uh, James Franklin, so I'm hoping that they have an embarrassing loss at home. So, so that that's Iowa, Penn State, I, Iowa? Iowa, Penn State, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't see, like, Iowa just doesn't score enough points. So I <laughs> I don't like James Franklin either, but I'll go with, I'll go with Iowa on that one. I didn't say who I thought was going to win. I said you just won. won. You want them? Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Cool. All right. Well, that was fun. It was fun. We're getting, um, you know, we're, we're getting deep into our, um, our homestand here. Um, First, first time, I think I forgot to say this earlier. First time the season has opened with four straight home games since 1999. Uh, so my sophomore year back when, uh, Quincy Carter was the quarterback and, uh, coach Donnan. So, been a long we've time got, since we've, we've done got that. some streaks still on the line um yeah but uh what what what's your are you are you for sure in you're for sure out like you're still deciding oh, yeah so i we i i haven't like 100 percent decided yet um so you know like my dad's got the surgery tuesday um, see how that goes yeah but i mean you know they they said you know if we want to come come uh come on down so um I'll probably make the call by Wednesday or Thursday. Um, you know, uh, if I do, I would say I'd probably 
wouldn't head down till Saturday morning um, and skip the two night trip for this one, you know, get up Saturday morning, drive down, um, get over in time to tailgate uh, with the later kickoff um, and then just stay Saturday night and head home Sunday. Right. That would be, that would be the move if I do it. Uh, but we'd probably need to convince someone to, to come with me uh, and, and not do the drive solo again. So, <laughs> although apparently I could have carpooled, I think I, I told you this, I think after we hit stop, uh, one of Kim's coworkers and a friend of ours, right. uh, Kelly and, and her husband, Jason, I saw, I saw them on four, on four forty one, uh, leaving Athens on Sunday. And I was like, Oh man, I guess I should have carpooled. <laughs> carpooled <laughs> them. Uh, so I don't know, Kelly, maybe, maybe I just need to catch a ride with y'all. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. Just take that giant bus. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, I didn't read. I don't know. Yeah. But I, so I, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent yet. So I'll, but I'll, I'll make a call. I'll let you know what the, what the decision is. So. so if you are at home, if you are, if you decide not to go, what's the move at home? What's, what are we, what are we, what's on the menu? Um, so there'll obviously be the bean dip going. Um, but with it being the seven thirty kickoff, like it's, I would be able to actually like, cook everything before um so i don't know i haven't uh done much on the big green egg lately so um probably something on the egg um the kids are never going to turn down hamburgers uh so (laughs) maybe a nice maybe a nice cheeseburger and put some ketchup on it (laughs) cheeseburger with ketchup i like it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i might feeling cute might, i might i might trigger some folks yeah yeah I, I can annoy you by throwing a pickle on the side so yes <laughs> I, I you know uh i have been i've been dabbling in the pickles not not eating them but i've i've been like making making carter's lunches um mm. in the mornings after the kids go because he has like a late start so like there's a gap of about an hour that i have between when he has to go to school and when everybody else has to go to school so I gotcha. usually throw him. I usually throw him a solid and make his lunch. Uh, I told him he's got he's got two freebies that I'll make his lunch for him, and then otherwise he's got to get up and, and make it himself. Nice, two nice. freebies a week. Okay, okay. Um, try to try to help the kids get out the door and make the bus. Um, but yeah, hey. I have to I have to put pickles on his sandwiches, which is like if, if you know me and you do, <laughs> it, it goes against every fiber of my being to put my like finger on any of that stuff your oh, pickles are so good pickles are so oh, good and so that's terrible. that's where i think you'll know be your friends are you team pickle or are you not team pickle that's where you'll be okay with the uh, chick-fil-a pimento cheese because it, it has pickled jalapenos not pickles this uh, is true have you had it yet i have i had okay. it for the um what was it ball state yeah okay okay yeah, i think we talked apologies, yeah, we talked apologies. About that. i i I, I did. Uh, I have. I have in the interim. Uh, sorry, the caveat off I, of the off of this, but like pro tip, if you are interested in doing the the pimento cheese sandwich again with from Chick Fil A, ask for it with spicy chicken. Oh my gosh, Kim's gonna die because when I ordered it, she asked me if I wanted it with spicy chicken or not, and I was like, I just want what's on the menu, and I like got all frustrated. I was like, Well, what is on the menu? Because I remembered it because it has like a honey uh, on it or something. I was like, I want it as it's written. <laughs> to be fair i did too to begin with i'm like oh, okay no just give it to me straight up like you you guys slaved right. over this for however long because if I, I actually know guys that are you know chick-fil-a being based in atlanta and our church has a lot of folks that go in our area has a lot of folks that work at chick-fil-a um i know some some folks that work in product development over there and so i've heard about this mm-hmm. knew that it was coming 
Um, gotcha. Gotcha. But uh, the I, yeah, I, I, you guys spent all this time putting it together, so like, might as well try it straight up, kind of like kind of like bourbon. Like usually, if it's a new bourbon, I'll try it without ice, and then I'll put then I'll I'll do it how I like it. You know. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, I talked through that. What's on the menu for you then? If you're if you're at home. Well, if I'm home, uh, but you probably won't be because you might be traveling anyway. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be traveling. Um, so probably I don't know, maybe stop at Bucky's. Mm, Nice. I think I think we can do that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't don't know if it's. I don't don't know if you'll be able to or not. Yeah, it's realistic. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know if it's realistic or not. But like, I don't know, somewhere on the road, probably, probably Chick Fil A. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get the pimento cheese while you're driving. Uh, so I learned, messy. I learned that Friday night. Uh, I made that mistake uh, this past weekend. So. Oh, uh, what I will say is that we did get a recipe um, from Paul's birthday party. Um, mm-hmm. There was a dip that was made that was like the talk of the party. Okay. Um, that I am a thousand percent going to make. It's like some kind of like, I don't know, it has the consistency of pimento cheese, but it's not pimento cheese and it's got bacon and it's got like, it's like jelly stuff in it. I don't know, man. It's so, it was so good. Got it. Got it. Nice. Nice. Cool. All right, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep in touch throughout the week. Uh, maybe I'll see you in Athens. If not, we'll we'll talk we'll talk through the weekend. And uh, hope you guys have a good trip though for your fall break. Yes, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yep. Just gotta figure out the lodging. If I can figure out lodging, I can make it happen. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good deal. So if you have a place in Athens and you're not using it, but... <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, cool, man. We'll see, you, man. Go dogs. Go dogs.